Welcome to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com, dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. Serving leaders, managers, and people who will be, helping you reach excellence in your work and achieve your personal goals at the same time. Sign up for the free course at clearandopen.com. Consider for a moment that whatever challenge, whatever long-standing challenge or, or systemic challenge you have in your life, look at it through the lens of life's calling for you to be something different than your identity thinks it can be. Hi, it's Joseph, and thanks for tuning in to Manage to Engage, the podcast from clearandopen.com. Most of us live as identities built on past experiences. Sometimes this serves us, often it doesn't. There's a significant difference between saying, I'm being funny right now, and believing I'm a funny person. Because however funny you are, you're not always funny. Have you noticed? You're not always anything you could say about yourself qualitatively, do you see? So if you're not charming, funny, smart, hardworking, or whatever, because you're sometimes not those things, then who are you? When you're free from your ideas about yourself, you can be what's called for in the moment. When you're bought into your own stories about who you are, you can't. So today, we're going to expand into the practice of realization that we started in the last episode by exploring that question Who am I being called to be in this moment? And hey, listen up. We've got a brand new live course starting April 11th, and it's a good one, so I don't want you to miss out. It's called Clear Thinking, Becoming More Effective, Fulfilled, and Happy at Work and in Life. One of the things that distinguishes humans from other animals is our ability to think, reason, and imagine abstract concepts. The problem is, Most of us are never taught how to go about doing any of those things. I'm talking about rigorous, productive, critical thinking that actually changes you. It makes you better. Every day it gets harder to navigate and be successful in our complex world. So how do you cope? Do you accept less than for your life? Do you simply go through the motions putting on a smile and pretending to be fulfilled and engaged when in reality you're suffering? I know what that's like. One of the ways to evolve that's not widely appreciated is to learn to recognize when your mind is tricking you and think your way to a truer fulfillment. Thinking in a clear way gives you greater control over your life. It helps you overcome adversity and frees you to achieve your goals. In the new 11-week course, I'll be teaching you how to use the power of clear thinking to create radical change in your life. I'll give you practical skills that anyone can learn, practice, and apply. If you're willing to do the work, you can literally start improving your life right away. Imagine a life where you're no longer at the mercy of frustration, ineffectiveness, failed relationships, or financial loss that can result from a lack of careful thought. If that's something you desire, then this is the course for you. For more information, please visit clearandopen.com slash clearthinking. That's clearandopen.com slash clearthinking. Thanks for listening. Let's start the show. One expression of accepting what is, I'd call it a pretty advanced expression of accepting what is, and that is being what's called for, which is something that 
after 16 years of coaching, I've decided that's the final step. Maybe the final step in anything because being what's called for in a moment is challenging because it threatens any way we've concretely identified ourselves. So in the context of management or any kind of helping profession, service profession, sales, anything. I mean, anytime you're really interacting with someone, if you look at the dynamic, look at the relationship, look at the relating through the lens of what is this interaction calling for me to be? Not just calling for me to do, but who is it that this relationship, who is it that this moment is calling for me to be? So now let's contrast that with how we all have a sense of identity and who we are, right? So there are certain qualities of being that are usually easier for people to embody than others, right? Some people are more often funny than not. Some people are more often intelligent than not. Some people are more often charming than not. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem is when we, we concretize it into a sense of identity, and when someone who is funny a good amount of the time, whatever that is, it's not like there's any kind of metrics on this, although maybe one day there'll be some Fitbit tracking device you can wear on your sleeve where it will quantify how many times you made someone laugh in a day. That'd be interesting. It's a matter of time, probably. Someone's probably working on that tech right now. <laughs> the laugh-a-meter, latest iPhone app, tracks when people laugh. You enjoyed 221 laughs today. Congratulations. That's up 10% from last week. There'll be a lot of laughs in one day, actually. Probably more like 21. So, you know, you make, your, make people laugh a certain number of time, like I do. I enjoy making people laugh, so I make up ridiculous things like hot dogs and comparing hot dogs to armadillos. Armadillos? Artvarks. Artvarks. One of my favorite words because it starts with two A's. That's why. But armadillo is a close second. I think they're cool too. So, and then we we go, well, I make people laugh. I'm funny, right? I'm a funny person. Now, that's actually an enormous leap because what has to happen to go from I made someone laugh in this moment to I'm a funny person is the operation of the mind. Only the mind does that. And you know only the mind does that because it requires a sense of past and a sense of future, right? Because the past does not exist. It's only thoughts. And neither does the future. Because when the future happens, it's going to be right now. There's no such thing as a future. There are only thoughts as well. Only the present is real. So the mind, because it can take pictures of reality and hold them up like images. See, this happened yesterday. What's yesterday? Well, you know, it happened before. Huh? (laughs) It's just a thought. If you stop thinking about yesterday, it's gone. Right? Does not exist intrinsically. Not like this phone. If I stop thinking about this phone, okay, I'm thinking about something else, it's still there. 
right? Yesterday is not like that. Okay, so something you did in the past doesn't have an intrinsic kind of thing, but the mind creates these kind of data points. Says, look, you made you know twenty one people laugh over all these days, and then it you know creates this kind of graph and then draws a big circle around it and says that means you're funny, and it's a reasonable thing to do. Like you know, if I decided I wanted to go do an open mic stand up thing. It would be useful to consider, well, might I be successful at that? Am I a funny person? And when I'm really asking, am I a funny person? What I'm really asking is, in general, do I have a propensity to make people laugh? Provided that I actually would care about how successful that was, right? I don't want to go up there and bomb. So then I'm going to ask that question. But then we apply the same kind of rigorous thinking. Is it really true that I'm funny? What does that actually mean? Is, am I funny 100% of the time? Surely not. Are there moments, many moments in my day where I'm not funny at all? Absolutely. Do I sometimes go a whole day, maybe even two or three without being funny? Yes. So what does it mean to be a funny person? See, Or a smart person or a nice person or a kind person. Let's take kind, for example. Any kind person, show me a kind person. Are, are they kind all the time? Are they sometimes mean? Have they ever been mean in their entire life? Might they be mean in the future? They could, right? So it requires this kind of generalization and extrapolation to apply that quality of being. And it's useful. Like if you're hiring, oh, this person generally seems to be intelligent. I've done three interviews with them. They were intelligent every time. Okay, I'm willing to take a chance. Useful, useful, useful. But what's the downside? The downside is we create this box called kind or funny or intelligent or whatever. And then we live in it. And it becomes rigid. And we think, well, have you ever heard someone say, and or yourself say, when someone's challenging you or inviting you to do something different or be something different, and you say, well, I'm an X person and that's just who I am. Right? You ever heard somebody use this as an excuse? Obviously, right? That's the danger. Because the identity, the mind wants to create a sense of control and similarity and, and it's very hard to actually realize, like Walt Whitman said, to live as someone who contains multitudes. It's kind of confusing sometimes. So it's much more convenient and practical to say, well, I'm nice and kind and intelligent and funny, and that's me. Useful and practical, but also incredibly limiting because when a situation arises that calls for you to be different than what your identity heretofore has been built up as, you have an equation, right? Concretized identity plus situation that requires me to be something different equals resistance to that situation. That's what happens. You're going to go, well, I can't go bowling. I'm a professional athlete who can't stoop to such levels of ridiculousness, or I don't know what. I'm a whatever, I'm someone who doesn't bowl. <laughs> Whatever that would be. I can't... I'm trying to think of a better example. Uh, 
I can't do uh, learn martial arts. I'm a kind person. There you go. I've encountered that. I used to teach martial arts. I would talk to people about, I can't do that. That's violent. Well, you know, it's an art. Do you consider yourself artistic? Hmm. Right? The whole thing is being seen through the identity, which is made up. Right? I'm a kind person. Not all the time. I've seen you be quite terse and vicious. Maybe you'd like to bring that part of you to class. You know? So consider for a moment that whatever challenge, whatever long-standing challenge or, or systemic challenge you have in your life, Look at it through the lens of life's calling for you to be something different than your identity thinks it can be. Look, look through that lens. So I'll give an example for myself. So some people seem to think that I'm a highly opinionated, highly individualistic, perhaps even iconoclastic person, right? Been an artist since I was a kid, um, and uh, I, I tend not to fit in boxes very well. And uh, I didn't fit in. Uh, I was one of those kids. I, I I didn't not. I wasn't like an outcast as a kid. I was. I sort of had a foot in everything. I acted in the um, fall and spring plays. I was an athlete in the winter. Um, I hung around with the jocks, the nerds, the drama people. Almost every group. And which was cool, containing multitudes, right? But the price I paid was I never really felt like I was a part of any group. And somehow that's persisted, uh, even today, where I just have a really wide range. For astrology fans, I have four planets in Gemini, which explains why that might be. I just have a wide range. So whenever I go into any one group, I kind of feel like, oh, this scratches you know, that itch, but it leaves out this other thing. Cool, I love getting to be an athlete with these people, but they're not creative. Oh, okay, I'm with these creative people, but they're not healthy. Oh, I'm with these healthy people, but they're not spiritual. Oh, I'm with these spiritual people, but they don't have jobs. You know, <laughs> I can't, I, and I've, it took me up until real, really this quarter to finally realize okay, what if I'm just not going to get all my needs met in one place? I give up. I'll meet my own needs. I'll, I'll be the multitudes and I'll just move from place to place. So what I've noticed or what I've seen in, in myself is the more that, um, that desire to be met in all those ways, the way in which that persisted, the job I have when I work with people of being who and whatever they need me to be in the moment would push up a resistance that said, well, I don't want to have to be what they need me to be. I want to be myself. I never get to be myself with people. I'm always having to compromise. Right? With these people, I have to sort of dumb down my intelligence or else they get scared. With these people, I have to be less creative to fit in. In other words, I'm, always, I'm never getting to be all of me in order to fit in. That's the story based on past experience. So in the role of in the service role, it created a limit where I wasn't willing to all the way drop all of that, the stories about who I am and who I would like to be, to become whatever's needed, you see. And that's what I 
posit is going on in, in anyone in relationship. Again, what I'm saying is if you have like an employee who's difficult to manage or a spouse that you're having difficulty with, you can frame the whole thing as they're needing you to be different. And maybe that difference is something you're willing to do, maybe something you're not willing to do. That's up to you. In a service role, you have a hard time finding a good argument for not being something because you're in a service role. And in a management role, um, they're, when you become what they need, they're going to perform better, dot, 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 for you. Right? So it's in your self-interest to be whatever they need. Now, with a spouse, it's a whole other story. That's a different domain. That's a domain where you negotiate needs. They say, well, I need you to be X, Y, and Z. And your reaction might be like, hey, that's not who you married. And I'm not interested in being X, Y, and Z. You know, maybe we should talk about this. Or maybe Z is a quality you've long admired and you want to work on it, but not X and Y. That's a whole different story. So what I'm saying is just whatever the challenge is, look in terms of what's called for and What's the resistance that might be in you to being something? So I'm taking this dojo thing on the road, so to speak, and making an effort for a year or two to see if there, uh, if the clear and open membership thing uh, is something that can really get traction in the world. And what I've been learning a lot about in the last few months is marketing. I didn't know how much I hated marketing myself. <laughs> And it, it pushes exactly this thing up. And I have a great marketing director who wears blogs before I used to crank out in a half an hour. She rejects them sometimes and says, no, 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 you're lecturing, make this a story. And what does it push up? I don't want to have to make this different for people. I don't want to have to be a storyteller. I just want to be, I would just want to say it the way I say it and have people love it. <laughs> That's the identity talking. That's the ego, right? I just, I don't want to have to contort into some digestible form for you. I've been doing that since I was five years old, says the ego. Fuck off to whoever wants that. I'm going to just be me, right? And then the bigger version of me says, well, this is marketing. That's kind of where you're supposed to. (laughs) Like if you want it to work, to get the self-interested result that you want, it probably makes sense to spend an hour and a half instead of a half an hour to make it really readable. Oh yeah. Because it's getting easier, but uh, my natural way of communicating uses like big vocabulary words. It's just like, it's harder for me to write something that's easier to read. And But I'm learning. It was hard, but I'm learning. So... That was the challenge that is, is challenging my identity. And every time, and when I'm writing these things and when I'm like taking out bigger words or taking just a beautiful, my ego, yeah, well, my ego thinks it's just a beautifully concise sentence. And then I dilute it to make it easier to understand. And my ego is like, well, now it can be interpreted five different ways instead of being completely exacting. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but it's more readable. Oh, that's hard. It's, I mean, it's like taking, you know, something exquisite and Baroque and just like, you know, taking like a Corinthian column and just replacing it with a four by four. (laughs) That's what it feels like to some part of me. 
but what do I want? What am I valuing? I can't have both, right? There's a division there, which would create suffering. Instead, I'm trying to find like, okay, well, there's artistry in making it easy to understand. There's artistry in that too. But it threatens my identity as an academic or as like a smart person, right? Well, people might read this and not get how smart I am, says the ego. Yeah, (laughs) they might. Well, who are you if you're not smart? There's plenty of times you're not smart in a day. Especially with the volcanic smog. It makes the volcanic smog has been a great teacher here because the first thing it does is dull my wits. And if I like, and I, I, the first thing to go is my sense of direction. I mean, I get lost on streets I've driven hundreds of times and suddenly I'm disoriented. Like, it's in Home Depot yesterday and like I couldn't remember if five eighths was more or less than a half inch for like five seconds. <laughs> like, that kind of thing. Like, I know, I know this information, but I can't find it. And if in those moments, if I get frustrated and go, ah, I'm not a smart person right now, then I suffer. But if I go, oh, look at that. Intelligence isn't here at the moment. How interesting. Everything works out all right. You know, I'm only lost for whatever. Okay, I just, I took a wrong turn. Oh my God, I'm 90 seconds later than I would have been. So what? So I've told you all about my inner identity crisis. What's the equivalent for you guys? Thanks for listening to Manage to Engage, the clear and open podcast. Join us next week when you'll be a little bit closer to who you're destined to be. Until then, know that clear and open is dedicated to the evolution of you because businesses grow when people do. If you want to help the show grow, I'd appreciate you leaving a rating and review on iTunes. All you have to do is open the Apple Podcasts app, view the full description of the episode, and click the link to leave a rating and review. Or you can go to clearandopen.com slash review, and it will bring you to the right place. If you're looking for more support on your journey, head over to clearandopen.com for even more tools, articles, and free resources. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now.